and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to introduce my co-host. It's Sarah from The Designer Teacher, and if you haven't heard yet, she has a brand new book out all about self-care, and that's going to be the topic of today's podcast. So, Sarah, thank you for coming on to share. Thank you so much for having me. When I knew I wanted to do a podcast about self-care, I had to talk to Sarah because she's somebody that I turned to when I was first trying to get comfortable in my journey. I had a really difficult time when I was first teaching, not embedding self-care into my routine. So I would wait until things were really tough and I was really stressed out to do self-care. But typically at that point, I had so much to do that I felt so guilty about doing the self-care. So I was feeling really worn down and I needed to take the time, but then I felt guilty about taking the time and then I couldn't benefit from self-care. And I really turned to some of the tips and tricks she's been sharing for years to help myself get on a routine of self-care. Sarah, can you share a little bit more about why you feel so passionate about self-care? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think a lot of teachers, especially special education teachers, have had similar experiences to you. I mean, I know, um, you know, that I certainly did in terms of like, I'm not so passionate about self-care because I was always great at it or anything. Um, When I first started out, um, I started teaching at a charter school through Teach for America, which is an alternative certification program. Um, And so that, both those things like really set me up to not be prepared. I didn't have the resources I needed. um, So I was really creating everything from scratch. And there was also, I I felt like this mindset, both from my school administration and then also from Teach for America, that I needed to be giving like 200% at all times or like the kids would not succeed and it would be my fault. Um, and you know, that, that's hard as a new teacher to not buy into because you can see that the stakes are really high for these kids. And of course we do want the best for them. Um, but it's just not sustainable. Like I was constantly on the brink of a mental breakdown. Like I I would joke about it all the time, but like, really, it was just not a good situation. Um, and that improved somewhat when I switched to a traditional public school, um, because like with those union protections, you can leave on time if you want to, they can't require you to do these extra things. But on a personal level, I, I still was doing the extra stuff. Um, so that, that really contributed to me finally actually having a mental breakdown my fourth year of teaching and like really just kind of losing it. Um, and I started therapy and, um, my therapist was just really instrumental um, in helping me to understand that like I needed to practice self-care in order, um, you know, to help other people. And so that's something I've been trying to help other teachers do. And just to see that, you know, it's not a luxury. It's not something you should feel guilty about because it's actually required if you're going to last in this profession. Absolutely. And I remember, it's so funny to me how just like, one phrase can totally shift someone's mindset. You put up a quote, this was probably back in like 2017 that said self-care isn't selfish or something along those lines. And that was the first time that I was able to start seeing the value and how self-care 
helped me become a better teacher. And it, it actually was helping everybody when I took the time. How can you help other teachers who are stuck in that space of like, they feel so guilty about putting the IEP away, turning off their computer and taking time for self-care? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it is really hard. And that that's such an important mind shift to make because I really identify with what you were saying. Like by the time you know, you, you knew you needed to take care of yourself. You're like, ah, oh, but I have all these other things to do that seem more important. Um, and most people do go into teaching and especially special education because they want to help people. Um, so even though, I mean, I think everyone, whether you're helping people or not, does deserve to be happy and to take care of themselves. But I think kind of a first step to help you get there can be to remember that you need to take care of yourself in order to take care of your students. Um, I mean, I think most people know this statistic, but like almost 50% of new teachers leave within five years. Um, and I think that's even higher for special education teachers. So it's like, you're, you're not a superhero. <laughs> like you're just not, we're all human. Um, and I used to think I could just push, push, push myself and that was fine. And I was fine dedicating, um, you know, my life to that. And at some point, it doesn't matter if you want to, you just can't, <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're going to start crying all the time. You're going to need to go on medication. Like, um, that's just the truth. And so I think that can help teachers to realize, okay, it's not, it's not selfish. It's not just for me. It is actually to allow me to continue to teach and to be a good teacher. Thank you for helping put that into such easy to understand terms. And then I know a common misconception for a lot of people is like they think self-care is just pampering. And they're like, well, I don't want to take a bubble bath and paint my nails. Can you help us understand that it's not just a spa day? It's so much more than that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that can be a form of self-care. If you like taking a bath, I like taking baths. If you like getting your nails done, like great, that can be part of it. Um, but that alone is not comprehensive self-care. And I talk about this a little bit in the book, but I honestly think we hear so much about that because it's marketable, you know, like nail polish is something we can sell, you know, face masks are something we can sell. Um, but there's all sorts of forms of self-care. I, I have my book here. I have it like divided into the, um, into the sections. There's physical self-care, there's emotional self-care, spiritual, social, intellectual, vocational, environmental. It's a lot more than just these physical or, or pampering things. Even if you are someone who gets your nails done every week, if you're not taking care of yourself the rest of the time, then that's not going to cut it. It's like you were saying, I think people tend to think like, well, I'll just do this one thing to kind of take care of myself and that will do it. But that's just not <laughs> how it works. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt to do that one thing, but it needs to be more holistic. And so when we're looking at trying to schedule self-care as part of our everyday routine, do you have tips on how a busy teacher can find time to make self-care be part of their habit? Yeah, for sure. And I do think that's the biggest challenge for teachers is because it, it really, we don't have a 40 hour a week job. Um, it, it, for most teachers, it would be impossible to only work your school hours. It, it just would. So um, you mentioned scheduling it in, which would be my first tip. Um, actually like add it to your Google calendar. If you have things that are important to you or you think you're gonna make a difference, schedule that. Um, like one of the things I first started doing when I was trying to practice more self-care was I started uh, going to yoga class on Fridays. And it's still on my Google calendar, even though now I have to do it virtually with the pandemic, but I go out mon every Monday and uh, Friday night. Um, something about having it in the calendar makes it feel like, oh, it's not just if I have time, mm -hmm. like I'm scheduled to go, it's not optional. Um, 
So in addition to scheduling things in, I would say if you really feel like I genuinely do not have time. And I remember when I first started seeing my therapist, I really felt that way. She was like, your homework is to take 10 minutes twice a week to like do nothing. Like, you know, it could be like a puzzle or a coloring book or whatever. And I was like, I don't have that. I don't have 10 minutes twice a week, which is, you know, ridiculous. But I know we often do feel that way. Um, and if that's the case, then like you have to cut something mm-hmm. because that's not sustainable. Um, something I, I, this isn't as, not as relevant this year, but like, for example, if you run a club, like, I think that's great, but that is optional. If you really don't have time to take care of yourself, then stop running the club. Stop being on as many committees. Um, I know for special education teachers, we really like want to collect data on everything or like grade every worksheet. And it's like, you've got to cut some of that out. <laughs> like you, yeah. you just, you just can't. Um, and then I guess my third tip would just also to try to be more efficient when you are working to really work. Um, I know I would get into this trap where it's like, well, I'm going to be like working all day Sunday anyway. So I might as well like put on some Netflix or like, I'll kind of be checking my phone, kind of be lesson planning. And that makes it take so much longer. Like if you just said, I mean, even if it's, hopefully you're not spending three hours, but you know, if you are, at least it would be like, okay, these are the three hours I'm working and the rest of the day I can actually enjoy myself versus just letting it stretch out into the whole day. Mm-hmm. And that's something even now, you know, like working from home, I have to work on compartmentalizing a little bit, like when I'm working, work, and when I'm, I relax, relax. <laughs> exactly. And that's probably a great tip since so many people will be working in the home in the fall that maybe never intended to do that. So thanks for that additional tidbit. <laughs> sure. Then, I'll go for it. <laughs> I was just going to say something I found really helpful with that is like chunking my time. Again, maybe something special education teachers already do with their students. Um, but like, I'll set a timer for 25 minutes and it'll be, I'm just working during that time. And when the timer goes off, then I can check my Instagram or check my email or whatever. And that's a short enough time that I'm not going to get distracted. Um, but that you can still get something done. So I find that time increment works really well for me. I'm going to try that strategy for sure. (laughs) All right. And can you tell us a little bit about the book that you published? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm super excited about it. I've been working on it for probably a year now. So it's out. It's called The Teacher's Guide to Self-Care. Um, and it is just that. It's, <laughs> it's a guide. Um, so like I mentioned, it's divided into sections with the different types of self-care um, and kind of really actionable list of how you can practice those things. Um, there's also a quiz to help you figure out like where you are in your level of self-care. Um, there's sections to help you create a self-care plan and a self-care schedule. Um, I really tried to make it not just about my personal experiences because I know that while there's a lot of things teachers have in common, people do have, you know, have different, uh, experiences and perspectives. So, um, I also, uh, had a lot of teacher friends contribute, like for example, um, I'm pregnant now, but I wasn't a parent while I was teaching. And so that was a perspective I definitely wanted to make sure I included. So my friend, Lanisha did a section on that. So there's just different sections of people who I felt were more experts than I am. Um, And I also tried to incorporate a lot of research. Like there's a whole (laughs) references section and everything, Um, you know, because sometimes there's stuff that we think that's true. That's actually not true, right? Like I often hear teachers say, like, oh, I'm going to have a self-care day and I'm just going to watch Netflix all day or I'm just going to binge this. And I, I started doing some research into that and watching TV actually doesn't make you feel better long-term. You enjoy TV the most if you watch less than two hours. 
So that's like something I just thought was like an interesting tidbit. Like if you want to actually enjoy it and relax, watch less than two hours and then go do something else. Wow. That I, I'm so excited to read your book now because I feel like I'm going to find out lots of little nuggets I never thought about. Yeah, it was fun for me too, because it's like you think you know something or, you know, um, but I, it was kind of like being back in college, getting back into that mode of actually researching and citing. And of course, then when I had an editor look at it, there'd be things where she'd be like, is, is, is that true? And I look at it and I'm like, oh, maybe it's not, you know, <laughs> but it's, um, I am, I'm proud of how it, how it uh, turned out. And I really hope that it's helpful for teachers. Um, I try to keep it kind of short and sweet. I, I believe in concise writing. Um, so my hope would be that if you were to read it straight through, that it would probably only take you like a few hours, but that also that it can serve as a reference book for you to go back and look at sections um, if you need some kind of inspiration or reminders. Perfect. Did you have anything else you wanted to share? Um... I don't think so. If you are, I guess if you're interested in checking out the book, it is on Amazon um, as a paperback and an ebook. Um, yeah. And if you read it, I'd love to hear how, how you liked it. I'm um, on Instagram at the designer teacher. And then I also run a self-care subscription box for teachers called teacher care break. And I will have all of Sarah's social media information, a link to the book and a link to her other blogs about self-care all in the show notes. So you guys can go there to grab all the links that you need. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you like what you heard, I would greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and AdaptationStation.net. It's taco night in my house, so I'm going to go have a delicious dinner and a margarita, and I will talk to you guys again next Friday.